Listen up, Gotham. This is Batman. Tune into the Bat Fanatic podcast with Sammy Warmhands. And if you don't, I'll be coming for you. That was Kevin Conroy. My name is Sammy Warmhands, the Dark Knight of Rap, and this is the Bat Fanatic podcast. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben and Evan. We're going to be talking about comics once again. But first, I got to shout out our sponsor, Radar Toys. You can shop RadarToys.com. Pick up your action figures, Funko Pops, collectibles, Batmobiles, you name it. And save 10% with BatFanPod. Use that code at checkout. B-A-T-F-A-N-P-O-D at RadarToys.com. Free shipping in the U.S. All right, Christmas is over. It's a new year. We're going to dig back into comics with an exciting-ass story that Ben recommended. It's Batman Earth One. All right, we're doing Earth One. Came out in 2012, written by Jeff Johns, illustrated by Gary Frank, inked by John Seibel, Sabal, colored by Brad Anderson. I fucked up that guy's name. I got How are Ev, we supposed to know? Ev in the house. Greetings, everyone. Ben Polanski. Hello. And yeah, let's dive in. Another comics episode. Basically, for our, our general synopsis here, Bruce hunts the ex-cop who may have been responsible for his parents' death. So we got a little bit of a, a novice Batman pseudo-detective story. An- another retelling of a slightly different version of his origin stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which... Yeah. Uh, We've talked about how origins can kind of be done to death, but I thought this was surprisingly fresh. I love this. Yeah, I I like this one a lot. They use all the things, but all of it's differently, and none of it's like, all right, guys, hear this. What if, you know, (laughs) it it just... What if if, Batman was the Joker? (laughs) Yeah. It just feels very true to the characters, even when we're getting wildly different versions of those characters. Like, yeah, that still fits, though. Mm. None of it lasts very long either. They're not really dwelling on stuff. Hey, guys, we're going to retell some stuff. Every portion of it's only going to last two pages, maybe. <laughs> you know, so, so they hit on different things like, okay, yeah, cool. That's where the bats come from. But it's like a single page yeah. and, and then moving on. A lot of the relationships are still the same. Alfred is still sort of a father figure. Mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne's still a messed up little kid. Yeah, but I love the way that they frame it in that he has not been the butler up until this point. And then when they straight up ask, like, you know, who are you? He's like, I'm your butler? Yeah, he doesn't I, want to be anybody's dad. He doesn't know how to do that. Yeah, <laughs> and essentially that's what he's signed up for is that, oh, then now you're, you're basically the godfather, you know. Mm. But he's going, uh, no, <laughs> I'm the help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Later I on guess. he quotes him on it and he's like, I regret saying <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. This was uh, one of... Ben's suggestions a while ago when we were just talking like, oh, have you read this? Have you read that? This was completely independent of this show. And uh, I loved the first one so much. It was just like instantly order book two the moment I closed the cover. You know, it was just great. Didn't you guys say that there's supposed to be more of these? Or are there more? If they set it up for more, but uh, yeah, who knows sure. if they'll make any more. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I think story-wise, story-wise it's there, but I haven't heard anything. Ah, pooper. I, I like these ones. This reminds me of, because comics do reboots and reimaginings all the time, but mm-hmm. usually they are, in large part, a business decision. 
because they're trying to convince new fans to... <laughs> you're sucking on a dick right in front of me. Uh, candy <laughs> it's a candy dick. cane. That's, from this distance, I, I can't y'all tell could the difference. See this. How um, narrow the is your dick? It's that narrow. It's, it's got the stripes and everything. <laughs> yeah, it's sweet. But so they do those in comic books a lot, but usually it's because, oh, we have a whole new generation of kids reading these things. We want to slough off all the old stuff so, so we can start over and maybe get rid of some things that don't hold up. And also, 40 it's, years later. It's from a marketing perspective, it's easier to pitch to a new audience. Uh, oh, this is issue number one or number two, as opposed to issue number 679. <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds God. intimidating. <laughs> it does. Yeah, then you're like, well, where do I even begin? You know, and sometimes if I hear about a, a, a popular arc or something, I'll go, oh, when do I get into that? And it's like, oh, you got to go way the fuck back to... I'm like, God damn it. It's an investment. I like these little one-offs a lot. But I like this one because this feels to me more like, Evan, you would know, like anime or manga style where you can have a main property and then you can have a retooling or a reimagining of it exist at the same time. Yeah. It's not meant to replace it. It's just like, yeah. what if it's all the same characters but now they're in high school and they're not insane and depressed they're just like yeah, yeah. having a good time but don't even this, consider this other stuff yeah it's just its own story and so i like that this didn't feel like a replacement it just feels like a new slightly off telling kind of like the mm-hmm. movies are yeah. they're their own version of a thing that still exists yeah i think that's cool versus an actual reboot of a real title this is what the joker is going to look like from now on mm-hmm. this is what the riddler is going to look like from now on whereas with this it's here's some cool character redesigns but there's no permanence to this. Obviously, mm. if these were done in 2012, then this stuff didn't stick. Has the Riddler looked like this again? Or no. You know, exactly. So I think it's just a cool opportunity for people to be creative and do something different without it really affecting anything else. Well, it is a reboot, but it's not a full series reboot that requires everybody else to follow suit yeah. after the fact or anything or add on to this story like eh, just leave it where it is yeah it's not canon it's just its own thing mm-hmm. and I, I love though that it doesn't feel like in the way some of the Tim Burton stuff feels like a guy who visually understands Batman and gets the idea but is like I'm not going to read comic books yeah. those are dumb I don't want to do that hmm. this feels like these people understand Batman and they know all the stories so they're, the choices of how they change things feel deliberate and still sort of respectful to totally. the stories that have already happened it's funny because I know of Jeff Johns as like a DC executive. I, you know, I know the name just from following news and stuff, but I don't think I had read one of his books before and what a fucking masterful writer. Yeah. Just a great storyteller. I mean, this right off the top, I mean, this new backstory with Thomas Wayne and Alfred, you know, that they were at war together and Alfred was injured. Thomas Wayne rehabilitated him. And, Alfred you know, saved him. Helped him walk again. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and you know, this, there have been versions of Alfred that had a military background and stuff, but this, in a very succinct way, gives a lot of character development as mm-hmm. to where that came from specifically and how it ties in with the family, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and instead of just being some grandfathered-in guy who's always been around... You know, somehow he has more significance coming in as a stranger. Uh-huh. You know, it's kind yeah. of an uh, interesting spin on it. it. Makes him more of a crime fighting partner too, because uh, yes. especially in the second book, they're actually he's kind of calling the shots while Batman is fighting, critiquing him. Yeah, giving him a little bit of a hard time versus just being a funny older guy in the cave with punchlines or something. Mm-hmm. He's actually secondary partner 
in, you know, they're functioning together. Alfred's the one not training him entirely, but helping him out with gadgets, making suggestions about body armor. Routing you off get the edges. you car and stuff. Man. You know, it's, it's almost more of like a Colonel Kane, like Batwoman uh. relationship, actually. And when you think about, I mean, he straight up fights him at one point to prove he's, yeah. he's not, not ready. ready That's you know? so awesome. I, I love that. Kicks his leg out and... Maybe you are. Really. Yeah. yeah. Like you're dirty you enough to. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. It's, it was very Ra's al Ghul of like, mm. you know, you have to be willing to do whatever it takes to, you know. It mm. felt lifted from that, but not in a completely like plagiarism way. Yeah. But mm. Yeah. A nod. That. Yeah. What do we think of the Martha Arkham thing? That was very interesting. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That made me curious because you guys would know better than me. A lot of this stuff is totally fresh to me. And so I can't tell sometimes if it's existed other places and I didn't know it or if it's totally new. And I, th- I thought that was super dope. In current canon, his mother is a cane, I think. The same idea. Like, these people aren't exactly the same as they are in the regular universe. Yeah. yeah. But his mother is just another super wealthy Gotham descendant mm-hmm. from people who founded Gotham. Yeah. But again, I like, and I think we talked about this briefly earlier, one of the things I liked about BVS is that they gave some attention to her because normally it's a father-son thing. Mm-hmm. And so I do like the expanded significance She has a lot of focus her on her character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or in that the Arkhams have a history of mental illness and insanity where in the normal universe they're Arkham Asylum. Like it's still, again, that they read Batman. They know what Arkham is in the regular universe. Yeah, so they but also... Twist it in an interesting mm-hmm. way. But also, and Cobblepot has this great line. I think I wrote it down earlier... Yeah, the Arkhams built this city, the Waynes paid for it, you know, and so Uh, there's more historical context too, not just the crazy thing, but actually having some significance in like a Rockefeller way or like a... He's the literal heir to the city because that's the two lines end in him. Exactly. These founding families, Mm. when they come across the map in the house in it, shows the overview of the city or when they talk about the sewers later and, you know, being designed by the Arkham and stuff. And I yeah, think that's really confuse the demons that are haunting his mind. Yeah, exactly. Like, damn, this just made Gotham way cooler to me that it's not building up like some standard metropolitan city or something. It really plays into how we talked about in Batman 89. You get the feeling the city is ancient. Yeah. And the map says... 1712 or something yeah. like uh-huh. that like damn this you know this city is 300 years old that's intense yeah. and a lot of the stuff that they're doing here is not necessarily inventing things but they're giving you reasons mm. you know they're just giving you context for each of these things whether it's the weird twisty turny layout of the city or you know the family's contribution over generations uh-huh. i mean they're just adding layers to stuff that's already there so Mm -hmm. as much as it kind of seems like i think one of the easiest examples of a weird new version of a character is bullock yeah you have harvey bullock who is slim shit-eating grin straight edge you know go-getter yeah very much a uh you know an altruistic person you have him paired with a jaded Gordon. Cynical, mm-hmm. And so you sort of have this year one flash Gordon reversal yeah. mm-hmm. quality. And at first I really was kind of turned off by it because it's in the very beginning of the book that they introduce him pretty much. And I was like, what the fuck is Seems this flashy, different. you know, I, I don't 
I don't know. And the longer it goes, the way that they slowly reveal Bullock's character that we know, I thought, really adds a lot and to the, the city itself that yes. makes him the way he is. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. I thought that was great. And in the same way, makes Gordon who he is. Yeah, yeah and where like, first Gordon seems like a little, from what you expect of him, a little cowardly, a little meek. But as it goes on, again, it's more of a practical thing. He's just so beaten down by the city. This is still like a tough guy, Gordon. This is a guy who can beat people up and yeah. hit people mm-hmm. with a crowbar and do all that stuff. But he's, in this version of Gotham, it's a little more realistic. And in his mind, he's like, well, you can't really punch your way out of these problems. Yeah. That's, that's not going to solve anything. And I have a daughter. I don't want anything to happen to her. Yeah. And it's not worth it. It's not worth trying to rock the boat because this city is messed up anyway. Nothing's going to fix it. Yeah, he's going to hold his job down while recognizing that he can't make any real impact. And so if all he can do is not lose his daughter, then okay. After losing his wife. Yeah, I already lost my wife. If I can just come through this semi-unscathed and my daughter's unhurt as well, then okay, cool. Yeah, and showing the motivations for like... Because it's very jarring that he's going, okay, we're witnessing a mugging, for example... Mm. Let it let it go. Leave him alone. We don't have time yeah. for this. We can't do it. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like, this is our job. We're you here. Don't, you don't know how this works. <laughs> yeah, like we're stopped watching this at a red light. Like Jesus Christ, you know. And then uh, when you see uh, them peel back the layers, and it's it's brutal. You know, the whole the the backstory of the the accident that you know killed. I, is she named Barbara in this? The the the, the wife. No, daughter is Barbara, and I don't remember what he's... I don't, I don't know, know. I don't think they tell you. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, where they... Basically, he believes that the car accident that killed his wife was intentional for him, you know, fucking with the wrong criminals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this Gotham, this city, seems really bad, not just the way they normally portray it as, like, you'll get mugged, it's rough, don't mm-hmm. go out at night. It's like everything about it is terrible. It's very yeah, much... From the, top, the system, from the top the down. system is yeah. all screwed up. It's very much a be- Batman Begins sort of... You know, when he meets Falcone down and he's like, I've got a, a judge and a policeman and all this and I wouldn't hesitate to put a bullet in your brain, kid. You know, it's, it's definitely that sort of Gotham that it's, it's corrupt on every level because of that inherent fear of you know the consequences mm-hmm. of not playing along, you know. I really dig, this is, that's a fucked up, the sentence I was going to say is I really <laughs> dig the murder of Bruce Wayne's parents. That's wrong. That's not what I meant <laughs> so to say. cool. But I like in this one that it's from his mind as a child, he feels even more responsible because now it's like they're in the movie theater and he's kind of, the lights go off and he's like a petulant little kid and he runs out and he runs out in the street. Yes, and everyone is going out the one way and he runs out the back. And then he goes up to the, he walks by the, the guy and he, like, he has to antagonize the guy. Like, my parents own everything or whatever. Well, yeah, he's he's like, says, he says my parents are the richest yeah. people in Gotham. Which yeah, is like, like, you fucking asking, idiot. Yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah, I mean, you got them killed. But it's like totally a thing a little kid would do. Not mm-hmm. a bad little kid, just a little kid. Uh-huh. Little yeah. kids are petulant and they do stuff like that. Yep. But having him feel like the entire time after his parents are dead that it's even more his fault. It's not just that they yeah. were at the movies together and he couldn't save them. It's that he made choices that yeah. in his mind directly led to their totally. deaths. Yeah. It's not his fault, but this Batman carries that with him even more. That last panel after getting picked up by the ambulance and stuff and he's sitting in the he's got a blanket and it's the close up of his face, the way that the artist draws his stare, like his eyes look 
creeping. Like he looks fucked up. Yeah. What do we think of Lucius Fox character in this one? How they introduce this young, almost intern type person who works in a closet, basically. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's cool. I like this the spelunking stuff again like this is you know like <laughs> rock climbing yeah again more Three rock times. climbing yeah. stuff i thought that was funny that they used that again i like that again this being a little more realistic of a universe that he along with a lot of other people immediately figure out that he's batman yeah like there nobody nobody really falls for it too many well he also just kind of hands it to him yeah he's know? not trying to hide it or, yeah, yeah he's not i mean he's sort of I feel like it's almost a, like a Tim Drake sort of relationship of him going like, okay, this is slightly a mentorship, but slightly just, I need your brain. Mm. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I trust you. So off on this stuff. Yeah. Like I will help you if you help me, you know, everybody in that department is so pissed that they're constantly <laughs> going from, which doesn't make any sense to me. Like they're, they're being compensated. Well, near the end, they talk about how they're bumping up their salaries yeah. and all this stuff, but everybody is so miffed that they just finished some super awesome project. And now they're going to have another one. Well, it's like car. we spent so long car. in this and you're not going to let me finish it. What yeah. the fuck? I mean, nope. I bet they finished it. He's just got them working one thing after another, something completely different. Yeah. All the stuff with the uh, R and D department, Mm-hmm. I like that a lot because it's that. So the opening scene of Batman chasing the person he's trying to interrogate along a rooftop. Yes, and then he jumps after him. His gear fails, so he just commits. He's just going to run after him, and he tries to cross the gap between two roofs, and he mm-hmm. fails. And I love that because it, it's a little silly. There's a shot of him lying again, as I've complained about before, lying on his back on some garbage. Another trash of garbage. Yeah. But it's not, and it's funny. But it's not played as a joke. It's just like even someone this skilled and determined, with all this gear, things are. St- still not going to work. There's yeah. going to be failures and mistakes, especially at this early point. So it's like, even though he has this grapple gun, it sucks. It's a piece of junk. It's not well thought out. Yeah. It's not designed for this. Mm-hmm. But so he goes to someone who's better than him in this regard, knows more. Can you help me? I need your help. So every element of him becoming more Batman, going from a rich guy who has a lot of resources and skills to a literal like superhuman who can do things yeah. no one else can do, is, is sold very well. It feels like a natural progression. And a lot of it comes from getting helped by other people, people who know more than him about those things. Yeah, and talking about that first scene, the art struck me. I really like the style, but one of the things that I disliked was the no-painted eyes. Uh, A lot of things that are more comic book-y will just give you the white lines, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But some of them have, you know, detailed eyes with the black, and I just think it looks goofy like Adam West every time when they don't. Mm. But I'm wondering if that was a choice just because we're seeing him fall and we're seeing him struggle and try to figure out. And so it might just be a way to get more emotion through the panels by showing more of his facial expressions. Well, you know, I think the eyes are part of that, but also it's to remind you that this is a guy running around in a suit, a bat suit in the city. Yeah. It's like every person he comes across... It's like, don't hurt me. Don't, don't drink my blood because he's a guy running around in a bat suit. It Mr. Is, Blue Eyes. Yeah. People make fun of this all the time with Batman, but this comic, I think, addresses that a lot with it. it would, that would be an insane thing to see. And it's frightening. It's a dude wearing a fetish mask <laughs> beating people up. That's like, that's, that's upsetting. You'd, that's you'd have to double check in the second book, too. I think that they start doing the black around the eyes. Oh, did they? Yeah. And, and I, if anything, I think it's intentional. Because in the second book, he's upped his game. 
Yeah. His suit it, is beefier. Yeah. So it's maybe that was one of the things that they didn't talk about, but he figured out that's just another little example of getting his stuff together. Yeah. Oh man, I should have put some mascara on. <laughs> he still has the visible eyes, but is that the second one? That's the second one. Oh, that's, that's oh yeah, maybe you're right. Uh, so uh, you're wrong, uh, I guess. Uh, yeah. It? Okay. <laughs> well. This is the uh, <laughs> first time for everything. Welcome to the Evan is Wrong podcast. <laughs> I am your host. Um, One thing I really liked trademark. about the way the <laughs> registered trademark. Uh, One thing I really liked the way the story slowly rolls out is that from the very beginning, with Thomas and Alfred and Martha, you're hearing talks about the mayor, and his name comes up a lot. Well, his title comes up a lot without his name ever being used. And so by the point that they reveal For sure. that it's Cobblepot is actually really satisfying. I, I thought it was yeah. super dope. The way he looks. He's short, but he, he doesn't look like a troll. Mm-hmm. He just he's, he has like two, two women around him who are like trophy girlfriends, mm-hmm. and they're yeah. slightly taller than him. And then he has two bodyguards who are way taller than him. But again, he just looks like a very small man, not like a... He looks, like Joe Pesci he, like like kind of, old, yeah. he looks like Joe Pesci with Artie Lang's nose. <laughs> he doesn't have a big old belly or anything yeah. like that. Speaking of the, the women he was shown with, I think, pretty sure that's what I'm thinking of. There was a, a shot in this book that I thought, because, okay, we talked likenesses before we recorded, and I mentioned Joe Pesci here. There was another, there was a henchman that looked like Flea. You also get these women look a little bit like Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm. There was another one in one of these that looked like Gal Gadot, and that's way before she was even Wonder Woman, so I don't know what the basis was, but they're very lifelike, even being cartoony. Mm -hmm. They have such realism in, um, or humanity, I guess, even when it's not necessarily realism. Yeah, he creates some good features without having... Sometimes people will be so stuck in their own style that everybody's chins look the same or everybody's eyes look the same. This guy. You're making fun of Bruce Tim? No, no. This will be over. No, man. I read a ton of Japanese stuff, and that's that's just a thing. People like Dragon Ball, and everybody has similar eyebrow. Man, that right there, that top right is a great picture. Well, I love that. The one everyone can see. Well, Uh, um, where he's in the he's in the. He's in the club. Where the idea is like Bullock is also supposed to be a handsome man, and yeah. so is Bruce Wayne. But those are two very different looking guys. For sure. Yeah. For a, a drawn thing. It's yeah, just... this guy in his style too, with the hatching and cross hatching, he's just got some really good lines. I think that the uh, sort of B villain in the story is one of the most realistically terrifying ones I've ever seen in a Batman story, and that's like Birthday Boy. Lieutenant. Oh yeah. yeah. The what? Yeah, Birthday Boy oh. is. Uh, <laughs> horrifying yeah i mean kind of like we talked about in returns it's like all right we have a batman story but then like the crime at hand is fucking horrific Mm -hmm. you know and he's given a real you know psychological reason for the thing he does he's repeating his first crime with people who look like him you know you're getting people that go oh He's going to like you. It's like, oh, Jesus christ he's a great villain for batman especially this early batman because he is also just a guy, mm-hmm. but he's humongous, clearly deranged, yes, but yeah. also has the backing of this corrupt city. Yeah. So he's not just a dangerous serial killer. He's, he's part of this machine that makes him harder to get to, 
harder for Batman to take down, but yeah. still a great nemesis for Batman because they're both dudes. Mm-hmm. Still somebody he can you know, choke out with a cape or beat up, sure. but he's harder to fight than I, all these I other liked people. that cape move. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, neat. I like how he ends up busting it out twice because yeah. he does it to Croc as well. That's what yeah. you do if you had like karate moves. You'd use the ones that work. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you've got some big Bane motherfucker like yeah. coming at you, it's like you have to play the room, you know, and, yeah. Do, yeah, yeah. and do what you can in that situation. You can't all be, like you said, you can't just punch your way through every situation. And, you know, this being a very, like, I likened it as a true detective kind of villain. Yeah. You know, it's really sinister. It's insidious. It's, you know, yeah. it's part of the fabric of the city and what's going on. And that it can tolerate people. and grow this kind of thing. Yeah, and that they know about it and that that's why they back off. They're employing you know? him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's really nasty. They pay for all those birthday cakes. Yeah, somebody's, ma- they got a baker on staff. Yeah. <laughs> birthday boy's not in there making those cakes. Somebody else brings those to him. He's just got cupboards and cupboards full of Funfetti cake. Um. <laughs> they should make a, a tie-in for kids. So the Betty Crocker birthday boy. Birthday boy Did edition. they make any toys to tie-in with this comic? Are there toys aimed at children? The artist does a really good job in the scene with Cobble. Well, one, I like that Cobblepot isn't ever the penguin. He's just Cobblepot. I think mm-hmm. that's really cool as far as these reintroductions to characters. But in the, his case, it's not even a full reintroduction. He never is that villain. I think that's cool. But that he also is um, wearing the, he's got the tuxedo, partially because of the party and stuff. But, that but he's he, the mirror. Yeah, he's but like he, a yeah, he rocks that similar style. But he's eating the food and how gross he looks. He is a pig. Yeah, he's, <laughs> so he, many yeah, ways. He, he's, he's like a pig. he's got the wine all over him and stuff, and he's and he's calling out. He's getting pissed and he's talking about birthday boy and stuff, and he just looks gross. He's got food flying out of his mouth, and he he look. You know, we're just talking about Tim Burton's Penguin. Yep. Like, yeah, dude, you're supposed to have this classy role, but you're clearly maniacal and you're also disgusting. A disgusting pig. I like that they had some reference to. Uh, him soiling his trademark penguin tuxedo. Mm. <laughs> he was going to have to send it to the cleaners. I didn't think of it until now, and I have no idea why, but tux is being called penguin suits, mm-hmm. and that's why he, and he always wears that stuff. In one of the first panels in that same scene, there's uh, like three quarters of a chrome penguin statue in his office, oh. I noticed. I really was sort of I was simultaneously engaged and also apprehensive when I started reading this because there were so many different things. I was apprehensive because they're showing you the changes and they're not showing you the reasons. And so they suck you in over time. So at first you're sort of like, okay, what? You're doing this version of who? Okay. And it takes a little warming up to, and as it goes, you get more and more fully just enthralled in this story but the way that it is wrapped up i feel is one of the greatest endings of any comic i've ever read i mean they put a bow on every fucking little character Mm -hmm. in in just the best way Mm -hmm. i mean i have never been so satisfied at the end of a book the penguin discovers that he's Bruce Wayne at the yeah. end of the Penguin story, yeah. which in however many years of Batman comics is not a thing that happens all that often. For sure. yeah. The villain finding out Bruce Wayne is Batman, yeah. and he and does right at the end of this. immediately dies. Yeah, and then, yeah. Just, yeah, and then just gets killed. That character think, is done. For sure. We're done with that character. I think that's yeah. cool, too. That Not that there's some impermanence to this stuff, but clearly they're trying to showcase some different 
characters and rewrite some different stuff while creating a different story. But introduce this dude, have him die a really short time later. Like, well, there yeah. was the sort of penguin. Because you build towards him without even knowing who the mayor is for so long. Totally. So then they reveal, then they use him, and then there's this huge reveal of the identity mm-hmm. and then just gone. And That's like dead. that is the beauty of a self-contained story mm-hmm. is that these are all things that have happened. You know, characters have been killed off. Characters have discovered the identity. But the way that it was built up and used was shocking to me. Impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was so effective that I, I was blown away. and like, holy shit. Like, I'm reading this uh, at work in between customers. I'm like, oh, my God. And then someone comes in like, fuck. I close, close <laughs> yeah. the book. You know, walk up. How can I like, help you? Holy shit. <laughs> That was so good. I'm sad. You know, it, it's pretty crazy. And oh, man, some of the stuff is pretty badass to me when Bullock decides to turn it around and he's got a he's got to get tough guy a little bit. And him and Gordon come after that dude. Yeah, they're like get all bad cop, bad cop on him. Yes. Like, damn, dude, that's yeah, that pretty shot, rough. That shot, their faces yeah, are so. Yeah, that's such a good panel. Which I like too, because again, year one, you have the. Gordon Flass baseball bat confrontation uh, and so a slight subversion reworking but still a lot of the same elements yeah so you know they didn't just go comic books are stupid let me make my own Batman story <laughs> yeah it's like they're hitting all the beats and just using them in a totally different way you know but they like they brought the whole box of crayons you know and they're yeah. gonna use every little bit but they're gonna draw their own shit with it you know that makes it pretty sad for Bullock to to have decided that he's gonna Okay, cool. I can get with it. I could be the tough guy. I'll be a and criminal then, too. Yeah, and then just see a bunch of dead kids and just get crushed right afterwards. Yeah, yeah I mean that scene is so powerful when uh, the birthday boy sequence is over and Bullock gets knocked down into the basement or whatever, and I think it's Batman that says pure evil. Yeah, he yeah. says, I, "What did I just see?" And then yeah, Batman yeah, says, "A real evil or true evil or yeah. something like that." Not a guy in a big rubber suit punching people. This is real evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, I mean, it's horrific. I mean, you very clearly see what it is. and The way that that's paneled out, too, is really cool to me. It could very easily be shots in a movie. There, You have Batman's fight with Birthday Boy going on simultaneously yeah. after Bullock's been shoved through the floor. So a little cut of him yeah, looking. Yeah, and just the like a little back and forth, a little back and forth, and... and Bullock's got to push himself up off the ground, but then there's just a panel where he's got a hand on what looks like a clothed arm, yeah. but the sound effect is like crack, mm-hmm. so you get the feeling like... It's like a bone or yeah, something. That's yeah, that's a bone or so that's something dry or whatever, and then just the look in his eyes it's and just like, horrific. let's just go back and forth. Also, that double-page spread with Batman coming through the wall this, at Birthday Boy is This series dope. has so many good full-page and double-page shots. Yeah. yeah. There's just there's tons of them. He does a really good combo of yeah, that not, one is amazing. not using sound effect oh, yeah, words sometimes, the wall. too. Like, yeah, there's I, no I can crane. picture how loud... Yeah, I can picture how loud this may be, but there's a cool juxtaposition of of the silence instead or just maybe just not cluttering the image up because the image is dope this yeah. series conveys in that same way so much motion and movement mm. yeah there's tons of batman running and jumping in the fights i mean they look they look like real movement it doesn't look like he doesn't know what he's doing but it also doesn't look like how some people portray batman 
as just like extra stylized to or yeah or like you know a mook and then they get pulled into the darkness like they're not really showing you all the work that goes into to be doing this to be to bust through a wall like that or to fight four people yeah where I get what you're He's saying. He's straining to run. Spider-Man sometimes is so hyper-stylized. Super that, angular. And, yeah, yeah, what is going on in this yeah, picture that sure. I'm looking at? Or sometimes Batman has a reliance on um, the, the artist will just use the black, which is cool, all the negative space, but then you don't get the details, whereas this dude is showing you a lot of this stuff. There is a lot of black still, but you're really getting his physique and stuff. You're really getting these poses. The athleticism of it. Yeah. So... One of the big changes is the introduction of Jessica Dent. That was one of the ones that was the, probably the biggest departure because a lot of the stuff is, again, you know, familiar elements of lore that's given a different or more in-depth context, you know. Uh, but that was interesting that you have Cobblepot killed off and she's the successor. Mm-hmm. It's a bold move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also the Barbara Batwoman stuff just at the very end that doesn't even come up in book two anyways. Batgirl. Batgirl, my bad. But I like the little... The nod to it. Yeah, just nod Yeah, I mean, the, the last few cool. frames where you're getting Barbara, who was the damsel in distress for most of this story, um, you know, you'd had Gordon admonishing her for coming down to the station when... You know, it's too dangerous to be out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she gets taken for... Uh, and, and another plot element, the way that they had Bullock go, all right, I'm going to go after him anyway. Oh, I got to use Gordon's yeah, name. Yeah, so give me selfish and careless. And yeah, like- yeah. Well, but not... I don't think it's either of those things. I think it's very naive. I think he was trying uh, to do the right thing and his intentions were good. But without consideration of how it would affect someone else. But yeah, because I mean, all but all he's seen so far is... Why is he being so timid? Why isn't he going? He's like, I'm going to prove myself. Uh-huh. He thinks I'm some bullshit TV detective. Like, I'm going to prove myself and do the right thing. I'm going to do what he couldn't do, you know? And so I, I don't I don't know. Maybe it is a little selfish, but I felt like it was an honest motivation. And He didn't know what was going to happen, but I think that's yeah. what's selfish yeah. is that he didn't consider. Yeah. Maybe where he came from, such a thing would have just been like a slick spy maneuver. Uh-huh. Exactly, yeah. Because again, this he's is not. Gotham and there's consequences. Because yeah. he comes from Los Angeles, which is not a nightmarish hell city. <laughs> yeah, nothing <laughs> Maybe bad happens it is, there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought that the way that you get Barbara sketching the Batgirl costume at the end her was really nice. Her karate books, her, all her books uh-huh. on all the Batman y- stuff yeah. she's going to teach herself. Yeah, I think exactly. That, that's cool too as an image to me. The fact that. Uh, this stuff is drawn in pencil, and then she's drawing in pencil, so the pencils are left as pencils, whereas, yeah. whereas the rest of the stuff gets inked and colored. That's clever. That's cool. I didn't think of that. But yeah, I mean, it's we talked on the last episode about you know Batman's character motivation from trauma being different than Selina's motivation from trauma, and you know you see how inspired that Barbara was in this situation mm-hmm. to make a contribution in her own way. You know, I thought that was really cool. And even in the context of her abduction, she still fights back. She still yeah, makes an totally. effort and, and actually has a, and uh, makes a difference in the fight. For sure. She stabs yeah, the and, boy. And what they do so successfully in these last uh, couple pages is they just give you that resolve of who these characters are the the characters that we know them to be uh-huh. you are seeing that 
metamorphosis in the end of this story. And so we're, we're seeing that in her. We're seeing Gordon stand up for himself and, you know, make an arrest. And everyone's looking at him going, yeah. uh, and he's like, who the fuck's going to stop me? For yeah. sure. Huh? That's so badass. You guys right. cops or not, you know, and then we see that happen. He puts his foot down. He does the right thing. We see the same thing in Bullock where he sees this fucking graveyard of children and understandably can not shake it. And you see this sober person who was established earlier go in and, and pick up a bottle. And you don't have to show any more than that. We know he's going to fall down a hole where he spot. ends up because we've only seen the end of this character arc. And so I, I thought that stuff was just so on point. You know, sure. they, like Jeff Johns just understands this fucking world. I first, some of the first comics I read were the JLA series. It's like a late 90s, early 2000s, and he, he wrote that, I think, a lot of it, Jeff Johns. And that was my introduction to a lot of Batman comics, is Batman with a bunch of gods wearing underwear on the outside, yeah. which are weird stories, but like he gets the fundamental things about Batman that, that make him interesting. We noticed some Easter eggs in, in book one. I saw that there was like the, the penguin. The uh, yep, yeah. and there was like the bats in the mausoleum. I liked the uh, I liked the bats in the mausoleum just as a uh, in other things they've made more of an emphasis about like this is where he gets the symbolism from and the bat cave and the falling and stuff. But there it is, just in a single page. Bats. They don't they don't touch on it any more than that. And then armor and on then, top yeah, of that. And so then the like, samurai like, armor. Oh, yeah, armor. <laughs> oh, what are you trying to tell me, universe? <laughs> Well, actually, on that note, what do you guys think of the the bat suit in general? I I like it, but I don't like the chest emblem. Yeah. Well, both of them because it it changes. I like the second one better. Sure. Uh, yeah, I like the second one better because the exterior shape of it, whatever it's a, it's almost like a diamond. It's five or six sided, but I don't like the circular one. I think I agree with you that it improves. Yeah, the shape of it. I don't. I still don't really care that it's a jutting thing, like mm. it's an actual badge. But the shape of it in the second one is is better. It seems a little out of place in, yeah, in general know. to I me. Otherwise, I, I think he has those cool uh, the lines under his nose and how it curls back towards his ear, sort of as if that's kind of a uh, like a flexible point. Mm. Yeah, makes it look kind of like a the way a skull is hinged. I think that's cool. I love the armor because I feel like it's supposed to start out not that great. Totally. Yeah. So then you can appreciate yeah. that like he's making improvements. And he doesn't make a super step up. It's not one of those just heavy upgrades. It's just stylistically different. Even in the second one, Alfred is still trying to pitch him on body armor, and he's still not into it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. No guns. You're not my real dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're my butler. butler. Jeez. I'm looking for this. I had a note. I love the shot. There, there's multiple of them, but... My favorite, another subversion of like what you expect of Batman is Gordon talking to Batman at the scene of a crime and then turning around and Batman's gone. And then the camera just pans a little further and it's like Batman halfway crawling out a <laughs> yeah. window. It's like, because, yeah. call me later, I'll see you. Yeah, yeah. I like how it's like two panels. He yeah. just, like, he's out of here and you're like, oh, typical Batman. And then over here. <laughs> see <laughs> and the rest of the Give scene, me a call. Yeah. <laughs> Holler at me. I noticed that they had this, I, I wrote this note, but I can't, picture where it is there's a statue that had a very distinct like face on it like animalistic sort of face and it reminded me a little bit of the mask of tengu from the nightfall hmm. series when was it the armor 
No, like when Azrael is Batman and has all the. Crazy I mean, this was it. The armor he stumbles across, or was it something else? Oh, some, I, I can't remember. I just in this places? is in my notes. I you know, I read this like three weeks ago. Or the so art gallery. I don't remember where it was, but yeah, it it reminded me a little bit of that visually. I just thumbed through the book. I couldn't find it, but also like the Riddler setup for the next one too. While I don't care for that in some movies sometimes, because then if there isn't a follow up, then it's, <laughs> yeah. then it's like, well, what a dick tease or yeah. something. But if like you would have just ended at Batman Begins, sure, with the Joker card. Yeah. Like, but if you know that you're writing a, a serial comic, then it's going to be in the next one. That's the whole point. It's it's practically not even a single book. It is two books. Yeah. You know? So in that way, you can segue into stuff and make it part of an awesome. Uh, you know, mini climax. And I think at least some of the time they do that. That's their way of trying to yeah. get another book. Totally. Here's my next idea. I uh, have another idea. Yeah, Please yeah, give okay. me money. And then Tactics. you know you create a buzz with that. Yeah. And that's going to help your cause too. For sure. Strategery. Do we want to do a, a quick pros and cons on this one? Because we're going to have to get in the the second one here. I'd rather just I'd do it overall. Yeah, I'd rather overall. just, just like one okay. thing. To me. I have mine fucking totally separately. So let me. I don't want to hear your pros and cons, honestly. Do we have, uh, shut your mouth, I hate your guts. (laughs) (laughs) Do we have any other thoughts on volume one? Uh, No, we didn't talk much about Jessica Dent, though, and I think Well, she comes in, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. She's not Um, a central character, even. I didn't know if you even see her in the first one. I don't think you do. Oh, actually, okay, the last thing, and I guess we can touch on this during your... um, no, I'll save it for... How much of a skateboarder is he? I'll How much yeah, of a yeah. snowboarder is he? <laughs> How much of a blader is he? I'll, okay, I'll save it for that part. I'll save it for that part. How extreme All right. is <laughs> God damn it. This is hard, doing two books at once. Okay, so... These books have pictures in them. Come on. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll, but, like, I read this shit, like, weeks ago and then gave them to him to read, so, like, I'm just reading my fucking <laughs> notes here going, like, all right, what happened again while you guys are talking? And then he... Punch somebody, and then there's punching more, and the most Batman then he swung thing in on a rope that Batman does is when he confronts Cobblepot in his office, and yeah. he has that line about like, "Who are you? What are you? Vengeance." Yeah, like, yeah. Fuck yeah, you're awesome. Well, Kevin Conroy, shout but, out. Yeah, yes, because yeah. I hear more Kevin Conroy. Never in this do I get the vibe that he's Anybody growling, else. shouting at anyone, even uh-huh. when he's angry. He's Vengeance. he's like not the Libra Mayo version. No, no, yeah, not at all. Not a spitter. No, he's not <laughs> infecting anyone with his disease. I love in the beginning of the second book, Batman steps on evidence and touches the crime scene. And Gordon <laughs> says, you're not much of a detective. Yeah, yeah. That, that's one thing that I think is really cool. And, and if anything, the reason to do a separate pros and cons or a separate Ben list would be for that reason, because they intentionally make him worse at stuff in the first one yeah, and better yeah. at stuff in the second one because he's figuring his shit out. Yeah. Oh, I noticed that when they're going to get Birthday Boy, they don't know about Birthday Boy, but when they're going to the Arkham place, it's, I get the feeling that it's just a deserted house. It's never been an asylum. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, but on the gate, it says AA, and I wondered if that was for... Arkham Asylum, or yeah. if that was just Arkham twice. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know, because, I mean, in the past, it was, like, Elizabeth Arkham, I believe, was mm. the namesake mm. of the place. And then there was Jeremiah Arkham, so I don't know of, like, an A Arkham. So it, it probably... Uh, 
Just Arkham Arkham. Does hint yeah, yeah, that. it's just Arkham Arkham. Pizza Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so in the second one, we have Riddler bombing an elevator in Wayne Tower, blowing up an art museum. You have the new mayor, Jessica Dent, confiding in Bruce about someone else has taken over Cobblepot's gang. So it's sort of like a, oh, is this a Court of Owls situation? You know, like, all right, this is a little bit familiar territory. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm interested, you mm-hmm. know. I thought that the, the whole secret underworld shadow operation thing is always a good it's a Batman story. Mm-hmm. And they play it pretty straight and simple in this one. There's not like, it's not like Court of Owls where there is a secret crew of people in like a, a, a giant building underground. It's just a bunch of rich people who took over a, a uh, criminal enterprise after the head guy was knocked off. Yeah. Because they're, they're, you really only see them as the Riddler is killing them or taking them down. Yeah, yeah. they're not characters. Mm. Just corrupt officials. And, and another thing that's great about this book is the same strength of the first one is that they're using so many great prominent characters from the history of Batman stories but they're not leaning on anybody super hard it's it's almost like a long halloween sort of thing where you know you're just getting flashes of each of these people you know mm-hmm. Thomas Wayne and Cobblepot and the crane you know, that's high all these people in the like first that, yeah. one you know and then this one they're using croc in a similar way you know you're getting an actual humanized Waylon in this one. I love him in this. Yeah. I like the way that that elevator scene in the beginning is written too. It'd be really easy to glance over the fact that he addresses that lady and yeah. she's like, what? And then they get smushed. Uh, the first time I read it was like, yeah, yeah, just people talking yeah. through a box. And uh, but he but knows then, who they are. Yeah, but knowing that what you know later, like, oh, cool. But it's really, I love it when stuff banks on you um, Not I mean, yeah, yeah, either being uh, like really perceptive and catching it the first time around, or you're gonna read it again and then you're gonna um, you're gonna really appreciate it yeah. for the writing that it was subtle-ish and like ah tight. Yeah, he, you really he had a point. Yeah, you were for sure. You were showing me spoiler stuff, and mm. I just had no idea. One of my I love. I don't know if you guys noticed, but in book two, pages five through eight resemble. Oh, I had it written that it was seven through nine. I'm just joking. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> it, it was, it'll be easier for you to, to look it up, Sam. I don't know if you guys noticed, but they intentionally made pages five through eight of the second book resemble the first couple pages. You're talking about where he's chasing the guy on the roof? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. But just yeah. like, yeah, I mean, the, that, the one shot of him, the full page shot of Batman looks, I think it's the exact same shot because I that's checked That's where him. it starts, yeah. But then the other ones, even though it's basically the same setup, again, just the way this, uh, this guy, Gary Frank, conveys motion in his art mm-hmm. i mean batman looks more confident more able for sure even though it's the same it's, thing as him jumping yeah, across. i think it's, break I think and it's all like the this first shit. four i think starting there mm-hmm. so oh yeah five through eight so that one and then the next couple resemble the starting pages of the first one you know jumping across the rooftop him revealing himself in the shadow i just thought that that was a really cool just another you know a nod to your old stuff but he's He's more efficient this time. Getting better. Yeah, all the things that that sucked about the first one did not suck about this one. And a couple things are different because in this one he doesn't bust out his grappling gun and have it malfunction or anything. Oh, back to book one. Random thing, and I don't know if it was intentional or not, but Bruce is having the flashbacks about uh, Jessica and Harvey. Harvey. 
uh, outside of the Arkham place and being bullied. Yeah. And Bruce punches Harvey in the face. Yeah. And the way it's drawn mushes up. <laughs> it mushes up his Where his lips. lip curls? Yeah, and it makes him look like Two-Face Mouth. That's funny. It's, especially in the way that in the animated series, how yeah. they his like lips are always it's pushed up. Elvis curl. Yeah, thought that was cool. So, again, making really bold plot choices on this one. They've got Riddler framing Bruce Wayne, tying these uh, this dummy company or whatever to the victims so it looks like he's you know the one behind all this and the fact that gordon arrests alfred you know at wayne mm-hmm. manor i mean shit like again i am just like fucking slapping cool. the yeah. table like yeah. holy shit when alfred even shouts in that scene as he's beating up all the police officers he's like i told him not to trust you yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fucking... You told uh, who not to trust me. What are you yeah, talking about? Yeah, what are you about? talking about, old man? <laughs> <laughs> Don't throat chop me. Damn it, you did! <laughs> um, I liked the whole Bruce and Jessica thing. I think it was sort of a, I don't know, classic like Selena or yeah. Phantasm sort of mm-hmm. thing, you know? And again, and she's not like useless or pointless. She's the mayor of the city. Mm-hmm. She plays a strong role in trying to root out this corruption and take care of it. Yeah, she's a part, you know, catalyst in the plot. And she's not, like a lot of these people, she's not dumb. She's like, yeah, I, I know you're Batman. I realized you were Batman when you were the only person I ever met who's like, yeah, Batman's not a creepy fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Batman's great. What are you talking about? For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> her, her. Only uh, Batman would say that. I like the bar scene where uh, Gordon just gets down with it and... And he's he's in on the brawl with Bullock, but yeah. then also drags him outside, and and he's like, "Dude, you've been on the clock for three hours. It's, it's fucking tomorrow yeah. already." Yeah. It's like, "What are you talking about?" It's like, yeah. "Bitch, it's noon, dude." Oh. And then they get back to the station, and Bullock's about to get dressed down or reprimanded or fined by the their superior officer, mm-hmm. and then Gordon just kind of steps in and yeah. gives him an alibi. Yeah, that's because I mean he was there and he saw what he saw. Yeah, so sure. even though he's fucking up, it's like Jesus Christ, who wouldn't? Yeah. I like that too because there's no way to. He's really fast on his feet. He's he steps in and and takes it for Bullock. Nothing comes of it other than just getting a, a you know slap on the wrist. Mm-hmm. But but he's just really on his feet and all of his all of his reasoning are like yeah we got booze spilled on us. It just they start yeah fight. just like just cover happened. that base cover that base mm-hmm. cover that yeah. base all right. That's cool. why he he smells like alcohol because somebody well, spilled. He's booze not on hammered. Him. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's the attention to detail that mm-hmm. I mean for the scene where they give you a reason to put every single main character in one room Mm -hmm. at the police station. We've got Gordon brought in Alfred. We've got Bruce and Jessica. We've got everybody in the same place with each of their own intentions here for Riddler to kill the power. And it's set up because you know the police department is one of the five institutions that are corrupt. Mm-hmm. So you know it's going to come there. So it just, it all naturally falls into the mm-hmm. place so well. Yeah, it, it works really, really well. And the fact that they use this to release Maroney and give you, again, just such a beautifully drawn, horrific scene. It's yeah. a complete reinvention, but also... Familiar, you know mm-hmm. the the Molotov cocktail. That looks disgusting. Breaking over yeah. his face. Well, like the kind of thing that you take for granted, seeing Molotov cocktails in movies and TV shows and stuff. They're violent and dangerous, but like just the depiction in this of 
I mean, it kills him. Well, yeah, but not they, just but they, it melts his yeah, face off. But they off. never go on people's faces. They get thrown they, into cars, cars or yeah. Yeah. buildings. And yeah, it's just the one after he, you know, he's like, and he's kind of falling away, but then you get more of a picture of his face. It looks terrible. So gnarly. And, I mean, he just dies of shock right there. Yeah. yeah, and again, I mean, the way that they use Oswald is that they're building you towards this since the first book of, oh, the dents are, you know, part of this world. Mm. And when they finally give it to you, it's like you're not getting the big bad horror for whatever you know. Uh, you're, you're like this would kill a person. Yeah, you know. And it, it feels like it was leaning to that because all the setup was there. He's the district attorney. He's angry. He's big. He's violent. He's not bad, but he seems like it's got a, a little unhinged. Yeah, yeah, he fights people. So it seems like you're going to get the Harvey Dent that you know, the two face that you're for familiar sure. with. And, yeah, and yeah, just, just a, a different a different means to the same ends. Like, oh, this is just how he's going to get created, only mm-hmm. to have that not actually be the case. Like, damn, you're fucking and, clever. And I think that's a, a great misdirect, and sure. also just the emotional resonance. I mean, the way that Jessica's facial features are in, in the aftermath of this scene mm-hmm. is just absolutely devastating. I mean, it, it, it mirrors Harvey's in the first one when he discovers the bodies. I mean, it, it, they're real feeling it deep shit there are shots there's shots of harvey like walking out of a door and his face is half illuminated there are tons of shots of showing him like he's going to be two-faced but there are also a lot of shots of jessica and harvey together foreshadowing that it's really the two of them are two-faced but you kind of because you're expecting him you see it more like he's the one but they give you a little nods to it being both of them interesting and i like that because in her in her mind we don't see it unless there's going to be another one but Harvey is the two-faced part of her, yeah. even though it's all He's her. He's the little unhinged one. Yeah, he represents mm-hmm. that side of her. And they clearly hint at some sort of transference, like later on in the hospital, because she's the speaking f- for him. The or first things out of her that, mouth are yeah, his words. For sure. That makes me wonder if we can't hear that stuff. Would that be a lady voice? Like a gruff lady voice, would that stay away from my sister, yeah. Bruce Wayne? Damn it, Bruce! <laughs> <laughs> uh, or would that just have not straight up his voice, but would it have more closely resembled a man's voice? Was he probably gnarly and weird? But... Yeah. Um, have you uh, seen any Donald Duck cartoons? <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. The end. <laughs> cool. I, I like that the panel that you're talking about, where he's he reprimands the guys and he's out of the office and they. It's not a misdirect. It's we you know we know who this dude is, but you got his half shadowy face. Like yeah, there he is, two face. He's a bad guy. Also noticed that the artist draws his tie split into mm. um, just random thing. His his tie is split down the middle, and it's half solid, mm. half stripes. Oh, you know that's something I didn't mention on the Batman Returns episode is when you have Selena up in Shrek's office right before she gets pushed out the window, mm. and the uh, the desk lamp catches her glasses and puts the like cat eye uh, uh, on her forehead uh, like around her and uh, it's sort of like the the 60s costume or sort of like when her mask is torn later in the movie mm-hmm. sort of has that but yeah I, I really like those little visual foreshadows you mm-hmm. know to, especially when you think you know it's coming you know yeah it w- and again it didn't necessarily play into the misdirect because we knew who this dude was but it a little more solidified into me, like, yeah, you're foreshadowing that this man is going to be Two Face. Yep, definitely. I guess your password, I like... password was Geraldo, <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> the fucking um, that. I really like for sure the way Batman subverts the 
the Riddler's plan at the end. I thought that was some classic Batman outsmart you shit yeah. of and like, oh, I'm going to chase you with your yeah. own bomb so you can't detonate it without committing suicide. Yeah, and you're not like a real, like, you're not what you pretend to be. You don't want to get blown up. Yeah, exactly. You just desperately want to get away from this bomb. Yeah, yeah. I loved that Croc just wanted to be left alone more than anything. Just as soon as he could really say any words, it was just like, stop. Stop hitting me. Don't, man. <laughs> yeah. Leave me alone. I mean, Croc can be a really sympathetic character, and I think For sure. they, they used him really well. And the fact that he comes back at the end and mm-hmm. actually takes a bullet for him is... And they, in my mind, hint at like a team-up. Yeah, another guy who knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Just, yeah, just, just stacking like him a, up. Like Everybody yeah, knows. Like a, like a I mean, you live in a house though. with us. You can yeah, see yeah. Alfred is like, Malin? okay, <laughs> yeah, this is not Robin. <laughs> I, yeah, I like the thought of that, though. I mean, I don't know what that looks like, but... It's but it, Killer Croc, a giant Killer Croc in a Robin costume. Yes, <laughs> little short shorts. Yeah. <laughs> That's why this story I do like to ended <laughs> after two books. Is they're like, well, what the fuck are you gonna do? What did we set up, man? <laughs> God damn it! You wrote yourself into a corner. Yeah, I love that they. You have to kill him in the first scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something happened. Oh no! So ugly. Guess we solved that problem. The uh, same thing though with the way violence is portrayed in this, like with the Molotov cocktail on Harvey's face, birthday boy just as a villain. Yeah, the um, Batman. Getting on the subway train, correctly solving the riddle. Yeah. So you, for a moment, you think like, okay, Batman stopped him this time, and then all those people just die mm-hmm. anyway. And yeah. again, it's portrayed in that same. It's like horrific. Yeah. It's the there's way it would consequence for this yeah. shit. You know, it's not just some uh, jump off the rooftop, save the day. We got all the survivors clear right before the bomb went off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, totally. totally. And then he knows it in the police station because Riddler's still asking him questions. And he's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what Even I Even if say. I know the answer, he's, he's yeah. going to blow this place up anyways. Yeah, because it's, it's fucking ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's got a different game entirely. Yeah. Again, the details, when you come to the end, I mean, I caught this early. He falls off the roof. He lands on the, the terrace or whatever, and this beautiful woman is there. And I was like, damn, that looks like Selena Kyle. And the scene plays out, and I'm like, Oh, guess not. And then at the end, they That's bring awesome. it back. And I'm going to just read my exact note because this is how <laughs> I feel about it. Where it says, um, Alfred delivers f- flowers to the beautiful woman who stitched him up. Turns out she doesn't live there and the place was robbed. Final shot of Selena on the bed. Fuck yeah. They shouldn't be allowed to write shit this good. You better <laughs> better encourage them to make yeah. a third one. Write your letters to DC. Oh yeah. my God. Like that... As in a that was the final frame, right? Yeah. Was yeah. oh my Her fucking god! I know. I'm like, yeah, well, and f- the Riddler one was kind of like that, but in a mysterious way. We yeah. know it was Riddler, but it's all shadowy. But like, man, what a dope way to drop yeah. this stuff off. Like, this well, I love the way she plays one. him too. She wakes him up in the bed, and she immediately is like, "I have a six year old in the other room, so it's like you have to be really quiet. You can't go over there. Yep, and uh, just chill. Just yep, just chill. I don't want you to see any pictures of who actually lives here. Yeah." Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that her robe is purple, as if to like nod to where oh, like old yeah, yeah. yeah it's like old purple costume. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, but that also the <laughs> way they use every fucking character is just so inspired. I like that he one you know buy some new pots and he gives her two hundred dollars. <laughs> like man, 
those are some expensive pots. Yeah. And then secondly, that his utility, I mean, obviously it's a utility belt, but it also doubles as a wallet, apparently. Like yeah. it's not full of just gas bombs. Other than also, this, I don't think I've ever seen Batman like, pull here's out some money. money. Yeah. <laughs> or the same thing with the woman who's like, please don't hurt me. Fetish freak. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's $20. <laughs> I'll see He's you later. so nice to Croc. He yeah. gives this woman money. <laughs> hey, this, is the, this is the first time I've seen him just like driving a regular car. Yeah. In oh, a bat yeah, suit, yeah. just yeah, driving his car around. Yeah. That's a little weird. Yeah. But right again, off. would probably happen. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, did he have the Batmobile right off the bat? Instead, he's driving this Jag around. Yeah. And it's funny. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm going to get into pros and cons here. I separated mine, so I'm going to do my best to uh, keep track of all over here. But for book two, I wrote emotion. You know, Batman's expression when the train explodes. Jessica's expression when Harvey gets burned. In the first book, you have Barbara's fear from Birthday Boy before Batman's able to break in. I mean, these are, are real gnarly situations, you know, just harrowing, horrible things happening. And, and you feel like you're watching a David Fincher movie or something, you know, it's got, it's grounded enough that uh, you're really feeling the weight of these things yeah. big time. And then also just the, the, the writing. I mean, we talked about how it's, it's, it touches on every character in such a great way, but without, it, none of the stories are about one person. You know, they're all very much about Gotham, you know, and I think that that is, uh, is is really really effective and 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 brings you more into it as you're getting more familiar bits of scenery you know of like oh yeah i know this this world and you get more comfortable with it and then they keep shaking it and turning it on its head you know it's mm. uh just really brilliantly laid out and then of course the way they're tied up at the ends <laughs> i couldn't ask for a better ending on either of those books the last thing I would say is uh, I, I really like the color palette that the, the colorist used. I thought that, you know, in Batman, there's a lot of <laughs> blues and greens and grays and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. I just thought that big yellow emblem aside, it, it really fit the tone of the story. You know, everything was really, uh, it was realistic enough. It was natural. Yes. It, yeah, it was very natural. I really liked the, the coloring as well, but for slightly different reasons. I, I thought that, on one hand, and one thing about American comics is sometimes I think while the penciler and the inker and the colorist are usually separate artists and they're all generally like crushing it in their field, sometimes I think that there's a reliance of the penciler to like lean on the colorist sometimes. Mm -hmm. And while I do really like this guy's art, there's sometimes where I don't think it would be what it is at all if it weren't for the colorist uh -huh. in birthday boys gross party room, there's all these red smudges on everything or there's rust at on the floor at Arkham. And none of that stuff came from the artist. Mm. You, like all of that stuff. The colorist is, is an artist too. No, Jeez. yeah, sorry. Penciler. Uh, Snob. None of that stuff. Well, if you look at the first book, you know, like most are credited as writer artist and artist, yeah. you know, uh -huh. it's like you're, a lot of people talk about directors and not their cinematographers. Uh -huh. Yeah. Like, oh, this director's movies always look so good. And fucking Wally Fister's back there going, you God damn bitch. What the fuck? No one knows who I am. But the colorist, though, is just crushing it sometimes. The, one of my favorite ones is when Croc hops out of the water and Batman tosses his glow sticks. And yeah. the way that the colorist, one, makes the 
color palette reflect the illumination of those things, but yeah. then how they create the highlights and stuff. So it's casting this neonish green on everything, but then also how it creates the highlights and then plays into the shadows that the pencil are created. I think the writing is awesome. The all these characters that we know already, everything everybody gets done justice. Nobody gets done dirty. Every but everything is executed really well. What's Every, your real name? Well, my real name's Robin. <laughs> Wink. See you later. <laughs> uh, right. Everything ends in a way that makes me wanting more from it. All the changes are, you know, probably like the far, the furthest one being the introduction of Jessica and Harvey. Yeah. But I still don't hate that in any way. I'm like fucking super original. Yeah. Love and, it. And I, I think that as they introduce some of these crazier elements, they do a good job of especially on an emotional level, they'll kind of, they'll hit you in one spot and then you're a little more vulnerable for the next thing to really hit you. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, at no point are you able to just kind of be in the back seat. I mean, you're in it, mm -hmm. you know? And so when they'll introduce somebody and you're like, that's not right. By the next page, you're like, what the fuck, you know? Mm -hmm. So it like that you don't get enough time to sit there and, question the motives because it's 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 always moving i even see some of that in the way they show batman and again it's his transformation into the batman we know there's a scene where gordon says to him he's like or maybe it's either gordon or alfred says hey let's just like calm down for a second and like collect ourselves figure out the next step and batman's like no yeah like no like i don't have time to sleep i don't have time to do anything this is what i do now i just i go from one thing to the next because uh -huh. there's constantly a new problem or a new thing i have to get yeah and if i wait or if i stop my parents are going to die again. Yeah. Like, huh. Yeah, totally. Did you have anything else in your prose? Mine are basically all the same as yours. Uh, as I said before, motion, the way this artist does motion, I buy this Batman as Batman. Yeah. And he, he gets better as he goes along, and I buy that as well. The emotional aspect, too. I mean, I, I felt this story. All the Everything that was gross and disgusting felt gross and disgusting. Yeah. Everything that felt triumphant was triumphant. I cared about the characters. Oh yeah, I care you about their care so much about them. Yeah, I'm yeah. so glad Croc didn't die. That would have yeah. that would have really bummed me out. Well, when then you pointed that out. I mean, that's, that's such a great scene as them just having a chat in the sewer. Yeah, just talking to each other. Yeah, I, I really like it. The writing is so pleasant and like sweet. Yeah. Oh, there is no reason to brawl. Well, yeah. let's just walk through the sewer and talk for a couple minutes. Well, you know, if I think about it, Nightfall was mentioned earlier, and there's a story where Robin is in the sewer. I remember if it's Bane or Croc that has him tied up, but there ends up being a confrontation between the two of them that allows Robin to get away. And so completely different circumstances, but it, you know, it could be a, a nod to that of using his character in a way that's not straight villain, mm -hmm. you know, but a little more anti-hero. Mm -hmm. you know, gray area of like, well, why is he like this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, he's like, just fucking leave me alone. Yeah, he's you know? misunderstood. And also if, uh, aside from possibly wanting to to set up some sort of team scenario in the next one, Croc didn't even really have to be there. And I don't hate that he's there, but other than the fact that the Riddler hangs out in the sewer, Croc doesn't... He's not really central to the story at all. No, he Other than to he flesh out really the city. Yeah. Yeah. What do we think about the threes, the, the rule of threes, the trifecta, the Polanski? This, this Batman's higher on the ninja scale. And again, he gets better as he goes on. Pretty tough. He fights a lot of people. He's not, he's not the Batman who walks into a room and defeats eight 
commandos in unarmed combat, mm-hmm. but he can fight a bunch of people, mm-hmm. which uh, even for someone who's good at fighting, I think fighting more than one person is really hard. Yeah. And this I guy mean, does it pretty I, well. I think he definitely gets better as it goes. I mean, you see him resourceful enough to take down birthday boy and stuff, but you know, you see him stumble particularly in the first one, you know, mm-hmm. when he's he gets shot in the head. Yeah. And uh, oh, he looks so wrecked when he's in the back of that car. And I love beat to Oh, shit. yeah, that's a great picture. I love that Gordon's introduction to him is walking through that door up on the roof, and there's just Batman like, Bo, just like, like, oh, what's going on up here? In the heat of a battle, just punching anyone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then he gets decked, obviously. <laughs> hey, nice to meet you. Boo. Uh, I was actually going to mention that same part in terms of his intellect and his detective skills, because, I mean, he sees the number one dad lighter that mm. he gave to his dad. You know, you see that this was a cop at the same time that this happened who left the force. And I think within two weeks, they said, or something like that, started working for Cobblepot. And so, you know, he's putting together a lot of things that either nobody had or nobody was willing to say out loud. Mm-hmm. And he's know. like, only sort of right. Because that's still not why his parents were killed. Well, and that still, is yeah. the genius of it is because he puts together these things that are factually accurate mm-hmm. and establish you know the connection and the motive and all this. But then it was because he shot off his mouth because mm-hmm. they uh, you know Penguin ad- admits that later of of like you know it took months to plan this shit you and you it. take him yeah. out the wrong door you know well and you it feels as if. Had, had he just defeated Cobblepot, maybe he could have stopped being Batman. Like it was his, sure. it was his whole motive to uh, just avenge his to just avenge his parents. And then because that's not actually how it played out, and Cobblepot didn't have them killed, the city killed his parents. Yeah, then he can't. Then he can't stop. Well, I yeah. guess I got to keep doing this shit. What do we think about the the trauma scale? Pretty heavy. I mean, he he, this Batman like smiles and jokes and has pleasant conversations with people. So he's not super high on that scale, but obviously he's messed up. Yeah. yeah, in his in his dialogue, he's very combative with Alfred. He's very, I mean, he looks cold. He snubs the dude at the party and stuff. Like he still seems like kind of an asshole too. Wasn't that show canceled? Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. He just burns that dude. He part of it's his eyes, I think, but also just his expression and stuff. He just seems really, really straightforward. And then he does have these, you know, moments where he's kind of off the handle, especially with Alfred and stuff, where it comes up out of him and he's pissed. I think in telling the story of a young Bruce, they use his sort of adolescent arrogance, Mm -hmm. you know, like he has somewhat arrested development of this trauma has kept him in this really uh, reactionary place in his life where it's really easy to set this guy off, Mm -hmm. you know, and so that's kind of how I read into it is that he's... Still very e- young at heart because mm. he hasn't yeah, processed he, all this. Arrested shit. development is the perfect term for it. Yeah, so. he's a little stunted. He's kind of stuck in this uh, short fused childhood rage. Yeah, he's got this punch all my problems away. Yeah, he also um, the rust on the floor leads to Arkham thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a detective, it felt a little like Slumdog Millionaire. Mm-hmm. Like here are all my memories that will help me solve this problem. <laughs> my mom talked about rust once, and that's the rust, and that's the house she was talking about. <laughs> no. Yeah. And they write it into the way that Gordon talks about him, 
like a little bit of a detective getting yeah. better. You're better than I thought. Yeah. yeah. Or later on talking about him, him actually helping him learn. Like you can teach me. Forensics. Yeah. Ken Gordon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can you teach me some stuff, man? Which is cool. Cause then you can't in any other scenario, you could just say like, yeah, they didn't touch on this or he just sucks as a detective or mm-hmm. something in this. It's like, no, we intentionally made him not so good cause he was just getting started and now he's getting better and he's seeking it and stuff. So you can't call it out. They did it intentionally. He was in the process of getting better at stuff. He yeah. correctly solves riddles under pressure. That's yeah. a very detective Batman thing. Whilst yeah. When other people subway freak out and die. He... And also smart enough to realize when Riddler's playing a different game. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, like you pointed out, that it doesn't matter what I tell you because this is what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. You know, he's mm-hmm. not just chasing the carrot, you know, which is something that's easy to fall into when you have someone who's presenting these life and death ultimatums. You know, the fact that he can go, yeah, but... I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to rest because I know it's not over. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, So cons, for me, there's just a couple of things, really. Uh, There was a couple really easy lines in the uh, second book that are, are kind of like story for dummies it it reminded me a little bit of the (laughs) batman begins like if that gets any close to the water main then it's gonna blow you know like they (laughs) shoot to kill show (laughs) what i mean over (laughs) and over just to remind you what the fucking story is like they keep saying like really awkwardly like any leads on the five specific people we're searching for Uh, um there was just a couple lines like that in the second one and then in the first one i know like you said what they're doing showing Jessica and Harvey as the two sides. I thought that the—I don't even want to say on my first reading. Both times I read it, I didn't really like the flashback of young bully Harvey then teasing him about his his Arkham craziness. It's and a little like Joker killed my parents. Oh, everybody yeah. knew uh, Batman babies. You know that just didn't quite rub me right. But the really only story thing at the end of the first one. There's all these headlines about Batman, and then it's like, oh, and Bruce Wayne checked himself into the hospital after he was stabbed as Batman. I think they called it an accident or something. I can't remember. Assaulted or something? Yeah, or a mugging or something like that. And uh, I I thought that was really reckless. And obviously this is a young Batman, but, uh, like, dude, you fucking know this is going to go on TV. Mm -hmm. Like... This is putting that Why'd you go out to, the hospital? to way too many <laughs> eyes to be done at the exact same time. I mean, we've we've seen him many other times. They're like, no, no hospital. Like, yeah. you know, and Alfred's just got to figure it out. You know, maybe not the most realistic, but I don't know. That that seemed like a not Batman thing to do. Yeah. Max Shrek pops in and he's like, did you injure yourself on that <laughs> ski, ski slope? slope? <laughs> <laughs> While I do really, as much as I love these colors... One of my biggest beefs with American comics and colors a lot of times is stuff looks super shiny to me. Stuff that shouldn't be shiny ends up looking shiny. And I think it's just because of like digital coloration. Stuff should look a little more flat to me sometimes, certain mm. things. And, and also that's my style anyways is like really flat colors. I think my favorite artist-colorist combo is... Mike Mignola and Dave Stewart yeah. in Hellboy. Super high contrast. Yeah, it's super high contrast. I mean, it's literally black and then colors and has the best color palette of anything I've ever seen. And But it's all really flat. And while I think stuff just gets overused sometimes, again, mm. what would if we were to just look at this artist's original pages, I think they would look a lot more sparse. 
and not that they're not awesome, but it it really needs this other person to to make it what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And the same thing that does create all these really awesome highlights also um, just looks a little it just looks a little shiny to me, and, and I don't really love that stuff. Just a little too glossy. Yeah, just a little too glossy. You know, I, if your if your suit is uh, made of some like burlap sack, then it's then it's not shiny. You know, it needs to have like texture and be kind of space age burlap. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> metallic. Yeah, that makes sense. Not, like it's not very textural. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing too, and I don't hate it. And at another all. thing. Yeah. <laughs> and furthermore. Um, I love that the Riddler is in this, but when I was making my notes the second time, it sort of occurred to me that like if he wasn't killing all those innocent people, mm-hmm. then he was actually kind of a good guy. He was doing bad stuff by taking out these corrupt officials. Yeah. But for whatever reason, his like, intention was yeah, he was yeah, he was like trying to do a service. He's to another this. Batman. He's taking out the corruption. Yeah, exactly. Outside the like law. in the bad way. So I guess that makes him bad because he's willing to kill people. But I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> but I'm glad he was there. But in my mind, it almost could have been a little bit different. Like, they included his character just to do it and figure out a way to tell that story. Otherwise, he didn't seem really like that bad of a guy to me. I think that it's really hard to do a good Riddler story. And I think this is one of the better examples it's about as close as you can yeah, get yeah. you know it's really easy to turn the riddler into the joker which a lot of people do yeah and yeah then what's the Comical point of the riddler guy. yeah yeah mm-hmm. nut job always outsmarting batman yeah well and he's he's clearly not with it if part of his whole thing is collateral damage then he can't be that good of a guy he's willing to kill he <laughs> he's can't, pretty good but yeah, yeah he's, he's, willing, he's willing to kill all these people but if he I mean, he's no birthday boy <laughs> yeah yeah that's true he was the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. You see that t-shirt? <laughs> For me, some of the changes, as much as I think they did a great job of the little twists, not being, again, some guy who's like, Batman is dumb, the Joker is dumb, I'm going to do my version where Joker is just like a cool teenager and he does whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Most of these changes I liked, but some of them were a bit much. I love this version of Alfred, but he's a little too, a little too like, gung-ho tough guy military dad yeah and the same with the riddler like he is just a little too much of just like a shitty dude he's not really anything more than just a shitty dude mm. he's smart and he playing these things but he's not whatever the riddler normally is those dumb. are really really minor what dumb dumb yeah <laughs> yeah he, yeah he's dumb well, not like a stupid character but no. just a stupid character a moron <laughs> uh He's, are, a, he's a smart person. He's a stupid <laughs> character. Those are really my only cons. Though I did want to say one more thing that I really liked, both nope. as a pro, I have to, as a pro or as like a, him being back. traumatized. The relationship with Bruce and his mother's side of the family, that his parents, her parents killed each other, one of them killed the other one, that the Arkhams are nuts, mm-hmm. both in how that uh, reflects the structure of Gotham and the way it's set up, but also he, him. he is them. And so he's... Yeah. He Mm -hmm. comes from that, whatever the potential mental illness they have. He went through an extremely traumatic event as a child. So that seems like that's part of why he is a nutso who runs around in a suit punching people because he he is like them and he's afraid of that a little bit. Hmm. I I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's an aspect that we've never been shown before. Final rating? It's like a (laughs) 4.75 for me. I don't think we're getting that specific. Four, but. A four and a half to a five. I really like. I, I when you guys were saying your cons, I agree with them. But, but while so I was reading nitpicky. it, I was totally on board. Yeah, I think that we're just finding stuff. 
to, to find stuff. Yeah. I wrote down four and a half, but I'm also going, is this enough to even knock it a half? <laughs> like mm. it's, it's as close to a five as you're going to get, it's really. Good it's, Batman it's story. A really good story. Yeah, I agree. I really liked it. All right, that is the show. Thank you guys so much for listening and, and staying all the way to the end. I want to shout out our assistant editor, Jacob Weirin. He did a great job on this episode. I barely had to do anything to it. And today, the day that I'm doing this final cut, we just recorded the next two episodes. So those are going in editing. We had a great time doing that. A lot of laughs. I I think they're probably the, the most entertaining ones yet. We're going to come back every other week. It's every other Friday. We're going to have a movie review and then a comic. A movie and a comic. Next time it's going to be animation. So we're switching gears a little bit. And we had a hell of a time doing it. So thank you guys for listening. As always, subscribe. Please help spread the word. And we'll see you next time.